Hey, everybody. Just a quick note before we get started today. Uh, at the top of the podcast, we do talk a little bit about coronavirus. If you're trying to avoid that kind of news or you just don't want to hear about it anymore, uh, go ahead and skip ahead two minutes. After this, you'll be you'll be into the main stuff about cryptids. And another note, later in the podcast, I talk about selling signed copies of my books. Uh, it's for a charity called Feeding America. It's pretty great. If you do want a copy, you can go ahead and send me an email at cryptidsdecrypted at gmail.com, or you can message me on Twitter. Or if you know me personally, you can go ahead and send me a text, and that's going to be the best way for me to ship those to you. Uh, I've already raised about 150 bucks for Feeding America, which, you know, isn't a huge amount of money, but it's more than we had at the start, and I really appreciate everybody's support. Enjoy the episode. All right. Uh, welcome, everybody. It's it's been a hot minute, uh, but I don't know if you've heard. We've been dealing uh, we've been dealing with some stuff here. Uh, so I I live in Washington State, the the center of our uh, our new coronavirus outbreak, which has been uh, fantastic. And you know, apparently I'm poor now because I didn't stock up on on toilet paper, which I hear a sheet is about as good as gold now. Uh, I'm here with John. John, how are you holding up in your area? Uh, overall pretty good. Um, I'm in Oregon, so the Portland region, uh, where there's been the cluster of, uh, coronavirus sightings that we've, or sightings, sorry, uh, yeah. coronavirus <laughs> cases that we've had in, uh, Oregon as well. My company's full work from home. It's, it's been crazy, man. It's been crazy. And I mean, we are recording this on St. Patrick's Day and since... Down here, right. uh, we have a number of Irish bars that unfortunately are closed. Ashton, I have a uh, extra stout Guinness here. What, what do you have? Let's see. Oh, I hope that sound effect was nice. Uh, you know, oh, I have so. a I have a Mirror Pond Pale Ale uh, because I because I didn't want to go to the store uh, and fight people for Guinness on St. Patrick's Day. My lovely wife went and got a six pack of Guinness for me just for this last time she was at the store. So. Yeah, I think I'm on uh, day 15, 16 of uh, semi-isolation right now. So, you know, things are looking pretty good. God damn, really? You're already that far in? Man, we, um, yeah, for us, it was just been, last Thursday. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. And uh, everything's closed in Washington for three more weeks as of today. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, it's St. Patrick's Day, and we're talking uh, Chupacabra, which is basically, you know, that's it's like a leprechaun. But before we before we get into that, we have we have a game that we play here called Truth or Cryptid. Uh, John, are you ready? Fire away. Now I will say, I this week for my for my true creature, I picked one that is extinct. Okay, so these are all creatures that were that, but but these are all creatures that were alive at some point in modern history, but are now gone. So the first one, uh, the Groot Slang is a snake that was known to grow massive in size, uh, sort of like a modern-day python, to the point where it actually was known to take down fully grown elephants. It hails from South Africa. Uh, They were capable of movement both in and out of water at incredible speeds. And, you know, like a python, the snake has teeth, but is actually not venomous. Okay. Uh, The second one comes from Austria, and it's the Tatzelhorn. And this was a reptilian creature that was described as having features that appeared almost feline. Now, if you know anything about Austria, it is cold. 
So this reptilian creature went into hibernation. It's actually one of those ones where like in the winter, it's basically dead. And then in the summer, it would come out and bask on rocks. But guess what? It allegedly possessed deadly venom. And so when people would happen upon it, it was kind of like a, a bad omen. And again, for both of these, all we have are black and white photographs. Okay. The last one is the Tasmanian tiger, which last sighted around 1930s, uh, you know, inspired such myths such as the Tasmanian devil. This dog-like creature has tiger stripes running down the back half of its body and looks somewhat like a mix between a dog well, and obviously a tiger because of the coloring. It's an apex predator, had an acute sense of smell, making it a formidable opponent for both prey and human hunters alike, and was considered to be aggressive. Well, I, I'm pretty sure the Tasmanian tiger's real. Um, I don't think the Tasmanian devil is based on a cryptid from research I've done in the past uh, for Truth or Cryptid. I'm going to go with that first snake that could take down elephants. Yeah, so uh, there was actually two cryptids in there this time. But yeah, that is that is one of them. And the other one was the tadsel worm. Ah, yeah, interesting. They're both, they're both fake. The Tasmanian tiger. Uh, I actually, I lied. That's not what the Tasmanian devil is based on. Uh, I had them both on my sheet here. The Tasmanian devil is an actual another animal that is, uh, I think, also either on the brink of extinction or is extinct both from Tasmania. Hmm. And uh, for the longest time, the Tasmanian tiger, it was elsewhere, but then it was hunted to extinction. And then specifically in Tasmania, it lived a little bit longer, but I think it's now gone there too. That's too bad. Yeah. Couple of, couple of, couple of weird ass creatures. Uh, Groot slangs have also been, I think they've been in a lot of like, I think they're in D and D same with tonsil worms. Actually, tonsil worms are definitely in D and imagine a lot of cryptids make occurrences or appearances in D and D. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think I'm definitely going to have to include some of these in my next campaign. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to, uh, to one that we know is a cryptid, the Chupacabra, which I think we've been, we've been kind of beating around the bush on this one for a long time. Cause it's a pretty famous one and it's, uh, it's also on our poster, so it's probably about time we did it. So uh, Chupacabra stands for literal goat sucker. It is a reptilian-like creature, leathery, scaly, greenish-gray skin, and it's got sharp spines running down its back. It is alleged to be three to four feet high. Well, this is where it gets kind of tricky. The first sighting said that it stands and hops like a kangaroo. It has huge red eyes. Um... The later sightings say that it looks like more like a hairless, more reptilian, like coyote or canid type creature. Uh, but at the end of the day, its MO is that it attacks animals, largely livestock, so go- goats and sheep, and it drains their blood. This dates back to one major sighting back in 1995. That's where this kind of really started, really got the ball rolling, which... I gotta tell you, 1995 is super late for cryptids, which I believe we talked about with Frogman starting in the 50s. Uh, 95 is even later than that, where most of these cryptids date back to the 80s, sorry, the 800s or the 700s. But we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. The first reported case of these types of deaths of livestock dates back to 1956 in Arizona. We don't know the month or anything like that, but it's it's generally around... 56. Uh, Since then, these kind of incidents became regular in Oregon, Michigan, Illinois, New Jersey, Florida, New Mexico, and Texas, so kind of all over the states. But one thing, or the first place we actually saw the cryptid was in 1995 in Puerto Rico, which 
is a stateless territory in the U.S. It is an island. So hard to get in, hard to get out, especially in the 90s. Uh, eight sheep had, found, or had been found, each with three puncture marks, and they were drained of blood. A few months later, Madeline Tolentino saw a creature entering the village of Canavanes, where about 150 farm animals and pets were reportedly killed. Madeline reported this creature to be that three to four feet high, hopping like a kangaroo, having those red eyes, and having spines on its back. Uh, based on this, they looked back at an incident that happened in 1975 in a small town of Mocha, where farm animals were, were killed, they had small incisions, and they were blood dry. This was originally attributed to what they called El Vampiro de Mocha, the Vampire of Mocha, uh, but since after this 1995 sighting, figured maybe this is actually the Chupacabra, maybe this is something that has been here in the past, 20 years ago, uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, once reported to the press and theorized by Silverio Perez, who was the one who coined it, Chupacabra, he is a entrepreneur and a comedian, which is kind of a weird blend, um, many countries had incidents. Mainly the Americas, so Central and South America, but we did see some incidents in the USA, and we saw some incidents in India and Austria, which is kind of weird, um, very unrelated. But in these like areas like Texas and Arizona, a lot of four-legged creatures were, were seen. Um, specimens there were identified by biologists as coyotes, dogs, some kind of hybrids, um, their uh, livestock were attacked, goats and sheeps again, those types of things. Now, there's a lot to unpack here. First off, it's theorized that the chupacabra sustains itself on blood alone because the creatures that had been killed were drained of blood, were not really eaten, but they were three small incision marks and they were drained. Now, a creature that's three to four feet high or long or however you want to look at it, would need an immense amount of blood. Further, for it to live from the t for at least 20 years, from 75 to 95, there would have to be a few hundred when it comes to repopulation, breeding, those types of things. And the, the sheer lack of incidents, scientifically that doesn't make sense when it comes to a food source and breeding and numbers perspective. So that's kind of the first thing. The second thing is we had a guy named Barry O'Connor from Michigan comment on the similarities of the sightings and coyotes infected with mange. When animals are infected with mange, their fur tends to fall off, their skin tends to thicken, and they become lethargic, weak, they have really bad odor, and they have a tendency to go after easy prey, aka livestock that are in a pen. Another thing that's kind of interesting that I've seen thrown around is Puerto Rico's had a really big anti-U.S. sentiment for a long time. Like I said, they are a stateless territory, so they belong to the U.S., but they don't have voting rights or anything like that. So there is kind of a, a piece and a theory there where the U.S. is using Puerto Rican land as a, a testing ground for experiments and those types of things. So that's kind of one of those funny things. There's one more thing that I wanted to talk about. Coming back to that 1995 incident, that took place shortly after Species came, the movie Species. Ashton, this is something that you had mentioned extensively coming into research. Yeah, I mean, so, gosh, yeah. Looking looking at the movie Species, uh, I, want, I want to credit this to Benjamin Radford, who basically 
championed that theory and is also going to be the next guest on this podcast. Uh, so he's a really interesting guy. He's looked at the Chupacabra for a long time and basically, I mean, ca- called it out as bullshit for quite a bit. But the, the movie Species, like if you haven't seen it, uh, the basic plot is uh, government contacts aliens, government uh, tries to inseminate human eggs with alien uh, instruction. Uh, aliens are born and not as docile as they thought. They try to kill it. It escapes. It mutates and tries to fuck everything to death. And that's like, that's literally, that is the plot of Species, is, is an alien trying to fuck things to death, you know, multiple times. I should go see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, God, man, the early 90s were a great time for sci-fi. There was some weird shit. Pretty sure we got uh, Alien 4, which was a weird one. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, you think a year later we got Mars Attacks and Independence Day, both 96. So <laughs> Here, here's how this relates to Chupacabra, right, is uh, the, the story itself not similar to chupacabra at all but what is is how the creature looks so it's it's got like spines and stuff and here let me, let me pull up a picture okay all right so so in, before this episode released john will have obviously created a uh an instagram for cryptids decrypted and you can go ahead and look and see what the alien uh from species looks like but it's real spiny it's all black and it's kind of like a little bit shorter than a human being and I don't know. It's 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 pretty gross looking, but also like weirdly has breasts because it was the '90s and and it was a movie about aliens fucking things to death. That people are it's saying that. Sexy. And I mean, I think that so John, you said that the person who first cited this said it looked like the thing from Species, right? Yeah, she actually was quoted as saying she thought the events from Species were happening in Puerto Rico in real time. <laughs> so it's not just a theory that this guy made. It, it's legitimately it came from. The source of record. Like, she was the one who was like, yeah, I thought it was Species. Clearly. Which is, I mean, that's, it's so weird when you look at what Species is about. But I guess, you know, like we saw with the Loveland Frogman, it's kind of, it's kind of just whatever's in the zeitgeist or whatever's in your mind at the time. You, you start to graft things onto it. And that's, it's really interesting. So, I don't know. And I know that there's been a lot of bullshit sightings of the Chupacabra. Like, I feel like... Every other day, there's an article about it somewhere. My favorite, I think I sent you this one, was a Texas couple who said they captured it and it was alive in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just looks like a it looks like a weird hairless dog. Again, a lot of the attacks on livestock and defenseless animals were committed by canids that had mange or other diseases and were lethargic. So yeah, of course, when people look at a chupacabra and think they know what it looks like, they're going to they're going to attach to that. And that was what that scientist, biologist out of Michigan attributed it to as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean this one like so this is the quote from the guy uh, I hunted coons for 20 years with dogs and I ain't never seen anything that looks like that right there. <laughs> a coon doesn't make that noise or a possum. What makes that noise? I guess a chupacabra does. Bold I like it. Yep. I mean, hey, you got to give the guy credit. So we've had a bunch of BS sightings and everything. And God, you know, I feel like there's there's legends about what chupacabras are all around. But let's look at some arguments for why it's real and then the counter arguments for why it's a hoax. Hey, ears wide open. Fire away. So the first argument, right, is that a lot of bodies have been found. And I'd say like more than any of the other cryptids we've looked at. And these are like strange, disfigured, dog-like things, but allegedly not dogs. Now, if you the, the counter-argument to this is pretty simple, and you mentioned parts of this, but uh, basically upon further examination, most of these bodies were dogs 
or raccoons, or even one rare case, it was a fish, uh, which <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure how uh, it was a fish, but it was a fish. Must have uh, been a piranha if it killed a goat. Yeah, you know, or like somebody just threw a salmon out in their yard, waited for it to mold a little bit, and said, look, it's got fur. <laughs> but the hairless nature of these bodies was due to mange or other diseases. And specifically, it's something called sarcoptic mange, which is horrifying in its own right. Now, sarcoptic mange is a highly contagious skin disease found in dogs caused by the sarcoptes scaby mite. These mites burrow through the skin, causing intense uh, itching and irritation, and the scratching that results in the mange is what causes the majority of the animal's hair to fall out. It also causes their skin to turn red because it's horribly irritated because they've been scratching at it. And there's fucking horror mites buried in it. So all these dogs, their skin gets very red and irritated. Their full their fur falls off. They probably bare their teeth because they're in pain. And then, you know, boom, we have a legend, which is just, I mean, it's really sad. Uh, sarcoptic mange is, oh, God, I mean, like that, ugh. I, I that's like some shit out of the mummy right there. Mm-hmm. But so that explains odd appearances and aggressive behavior in animals. And I mean, like we know that dogs can be aggressive when they're in pain or when they're, you know, not trained properly. It happens. Oh, dude, my dog had a uh, undiagnosed tooth infection for like three years. And when we got that finally fixed, she was like a different, different animal. It was fantastic. So yeah, it's amazing what being in constant pain can do to you. Yeah. Imagine like your your skin's super dry and you're dealing with just nagging aches throughout your body. Yeah, I can't even imagine it. And yeah. it's super contagious, like what we're dealing with in human society right now. So it's like uh, they're yeah. if they go around another creature, which most coyotes roll in packs. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know if that's true. I hope that's true. I mean that is I mean kind of, you know, it is now. We said it said it on this podcast coyotes rolling packs if uh you don't believe us go ahead and uh go find john on twitter but so yeah it is like it's enough it's enough to drive a creature crazy so that pretty much like i don't know that shoots almost every body that's that's come up dead like that 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 is that is shit evidence it's it's not real <laughs> you know I, I surprisingly could not find a chupacabra expert who believed in it that wanted to come on the podcast so it's, it kind of shows you that this is this one's already in the, the pretty heavy bullshit category. But let's go on to livestock has been found dead with puncture marks on the neck. Now, they're not completely drained of blood, but there are puncture marks and it def- they, look, uh, they look a little drained. So let's talk about that. You mentioned a little bit that that's, that's not actually how real world blood sucking creatures behave. Uh, and yep. it's because most of the time when you look at these creatures in the wild, they're not going for a major vein or artery. Because if you've ever seen a mosquito hit a major vein or artery, like on you, and you like accidentally flex a little bit, the mosquito will literally explode. And it's pretty gross uh, because they can't control the flow of blood. Yeah, vampire bats are another one that I read up on where they aim for blood close to the skin. And they're aiming to get in and get out pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. Most blood-sucking creatures, they look for surface-level blood, and, and they aren't sucking it through fangs. So... Let's look at the, you know, the the follow-up to that is that farmers uh, would cut into these creatures, right, that they found that were drained to see how they died, you know, like a classic farmer's autopsy. Uh, I assume that's the thing that people do uh, because it popped up quite a bit. What they would find is that when they cut the creature open, no blood would come gushing out, so clearly it's been drained, right? Wrong. <laughs> Incorrect. Uh, when a creature dies, the heart stops. So that means the blood is no longer circulating through the body and it pools at the lowest point. And that means the top half is going to look pretty drained and the bottom half is probably going to be black with blood and absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it's like when you cook a turkey, all that grease settles in the bottom and that's why that bottom meat isn't really usable. Man, my first Thanksgiving as a vegetarian is going to be rough. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't end I, I already missed that turkey juice. You just don't get the same uh, with tofurkey. It, but uh, stay strong. Uh, okay, so, I believe in you. So why, why do people believe? Um, the theory of in the BBC, again, that you mentioned a little bit of, is that there are many Puerto Ricans who believe that they are another indication of American exploitation and meddling. Specifically, it's the result of top-secret U.S. scientific experiments taking place in El Yunque rainforest, not far from where the first sighting was. So the El, El Yunque rainforest, is it's a pretty small uh, like national park, but it is, it's a rainforest, so there's a lot that could be hiding in there. So the, there have been there were rashes of UFO sightings in Puerto Rico and more than a few online conspiracy theorists immediately latched on. And, you know, for evidence in there, I looked, I found a website with a horrible background of black and white alien faces uh, behind the text that made it like impossible to read. <laughs> but Wait. their evidence says lu- luminous oval and pyramidal shaped UFOs have been seen in the vicinity where animals have been mutilated and found to be without blood. These have been reported in the towns of Cabo Rojo, Canovanas, Ponce, and, oh man, I'm butchering these, and Naranjito. You're doing great. Okay, and there's a bunch of others, but basically there's people observing UFOs, a horse and several goats have been found mutilated shortly after the observation, and a lot of that sounds like a typical chupacabra killing. And that's something that you start to notice more when you look at chupacabras, is that they are very similar to aliens and ufos and they they're like weirdly connected to aliens and and i don't i don't quite understand why uh i guess because of species probably right that's where it all comes from yeah i think species connected it to the government and if you look at species it's all about alien insemination so it's like okay uh some sort of government alien has escaped and you know, I've talked with the director of the Mutual UFO Network on here before. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's fucking wild. I'd go listen to it. Uh, it was an interesting one. Uh, yeah, to, interesting to say one. the least, it was it was definitely, definitely interesting. But talking to people like him, it, it does kind of show you that it's like people will believe anything uh, because they just don't have a lot of trust in the government. That's not just in Puerto Rico. That's kind of everywhere. So there's a certain type of person that is definitely going to latch on to this myth it's it's a cool myth too and i gotta say it has popularized itself through pop culture extremely quickly it's a weird thing it's tangible it's close to home it's recent it's not like frogman where it was one thing and then nothing and it was in a random place in ohio like this is something that we've seen time and time again in theory and so it's front and center covering pop culture i mean south park did an episode on it that i will decline to announce because it is in classic South Park, not a great title. Um, Magic the Gathering has a card called the Ravenous Chupacabra. X-Files had an episode around it. Grimm had an episode around it. R.I.P. Grimm. I love Portland-based shows. Grimm was so good. Grimm was good. I liked it a lot. For a while. I guess Grimm was good for a while. Yeah, I didn't watch the last season because it just kind of fell off a cliff. Um, and then there have been quite a few movies. There have been 12 or 13 movies made about the Chupacabra. I'm going to touch on three of them. Um, one is called Indigenous. It takes place in Panama. College kids go into a dangerous jungle that they were warned about ahead of time, and they are hunted by a Chupacabra. The next one, which Ashton, I think you'll love, is called Guns of Chupacabra. Now... I'm already into it. Oh, oh, it gets better. This is about a space sheriff who is sent by the queen bee of space to go to Earth and hunt 
the mythical chupacabra. Wow. He has Are to you get sure his, I didn't write that one? He has to get his guns <laughs> on her. Right? That is so far up your alley, except I think they touch on chupacabras a little bit differently than you might if, theoretically, you ever wrote about chupacabras in, I don't know, some upcoming books that maybe star Monster Hunter. Anyway, the last movie that I wanted to touch on, because, again, there are a ton of them, and they're all they're all B-movies. None of these none of these are great, except for maybe this one, is uh, Scooby-Doo and the Monster of Mexico. And it is an animated Scooby-Doo movie, which are phenomenal. I haven't watched Scooby-Doo movies since I was a child, so please... Don't hate me over that. That is nostalgia speaking. Um, where they go hunt a chupacabra. That's one of those things where we, you ask why it's so popular. And it's it's this weird thing that you can spin a ton of different ways that is scary, has victims, it's dangerous, and yeah. I, I will say there's one movie you left out that, that I've pitched for our, our series where we watch movies, uh, which is Chupacabra versus the Alamo. Okay, I did. I did. <laughs> See that? And that was one of the ones I, I, I chose to leave out. Uh, it looks so good, though. Oh, there's a bunch of people defending the Alamo against the Chupacabra. Uh. Yeah, no, I think I think Chupacabra versus the Alamo is, is probably one of the better ones. But I also do think we should give Guns of El Chupacabra a... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good... That's a, that's a good plot right there. I'm interested. Space Sheriff, man. We should, we should watch it and be on Discord at the same time as well. That way we can... Oh, there we go. I like that. Experience it together. I like that idea. So we've covered a lot of stuff that makes this sound like it's bullshit. But before before we leave, you know, before before we like make our pass our final judgment here, Ashton's conspiracy corner. Yeah, yeah, Ashton's conspiracy corner. So here here are my three three conspiracies that we can peddle that uh that that will make the chupacabra seem real. Number one, this is low hanging fruit, and I apologize, but it's that the government is covering up tests gone wrong. Specifically, they were trying to create a new breed of hypoallergenic dog, but you know, as as <laughs> often happens with these experiments, something just something was not right. They mixed up the vials. There's two vials. One was labeled allergen, and the other one was labeled aggression. And they mixed them up because that's what happens. People they tried to kill the creature, but it got out, and now it just wants to fuck fuck a bunch of other animals to death. So that's my first theory. Uh, I think it's a pretty good one. <laughs> okay. okay I'm good. Two. Two. It's a real government cover-up that's not part of a movie plot. Okay? Look, almost all alien conspiracy theories hinge on the fact that the government is lying to us in some capacity, which fair, because they do. So, if we go ahead and make a wild-ass assumption that the government is hiding aliens, there is the possibility that Chupa is extraterrestrial in origin. I'm not saying I love the idea, but as far as solid evidence for a cover-up goes, it's not that bad, you know? I, I have read theories that Chupa is also a pet of aliens that was left here. Because, <laughs> of course, aliens would also have dogs. Why wouldn't they? I mean, everybody loves dogs, obviously. Hey, Chupacabra could be a cat. So... This last one. This is a doozy. I'm going to need you to follow me here. There is a secret society of people making deliberately bad evidence for the chupacabra to, you guessed it, cover it up. So people have to know that if they turn in a mangled dog, it's going to get DNA identified. So why would they do that unless they want people to stop believing in the chupacabra? They want to help lower awareness about the creature so that it can continue living without being hunted down and discovered. So essentially, these people are just trying to help it keep a low profile. Uh which is the opposite of my book, Man of the Mountain, where a man tries to have Sasquatch keep a high profile by imitating him and committing murders in his name. It's pretty great. It's out now. But yeah, those are my uh, those are my three conspiracy corner pitches. Uh, 
I, I'm, I'm pretty fond of the hypoallergenic dog one, though, to be honest. So, uh, so John, uh, truth or bullshit on the Chupacabra? The reason I'm going with bullshit is because the original sighting, the lady even said, I thought it was species. Now, yeah, it's weird that these sheep had puncture marks and they had less blood in theory, but I think you have a point with the farmer's autopsies. I, I don't know how to explain that. Poachers got them or something and they fucked up. But um, yeah, I, I think there is overwhelming evidence against this. I love the myth. I think it's extremely interesting. I love how pop culture is run with it. Uh, there's a minifig mystery box for cryptids. And I do believe the Chupacabra is one of the cutest, coolest ones. So I think that one's actually, they're, they're sold out of those mystery boxes. Yeah, of course like, they are. Yeah, because I mean, they looked they looked awesome. I, I immediately wanted one for my desk and... Uh, Nope, couldn't find one. Well, they were, I mean, they they were debuted in like 2018, I think, so two years ago. And I don't know if the cryptic community is big enough to run with it when the, I don't know, the mystery box minifig thing is super oversaturated. Like whenever I go to Powell's, they have a ton of Marvel, DC, Walking Dead, a ton of different ones just at the exit. So everybody's doing that. Correction, when you used to go to Powell's before uh, society shut down. You know what? Don't ruin <laughs> Powell's for me. I love books, and that is my that is my church. And now now I can't go there. And thanks yeah. for the reminder. Yeah, Powell's is pretty beautiful. I miss it. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm saying bullshit. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I'm also I'm also saying bullshit. And uh, you know, I think that we say, we say we love most of the myths on the show. I'm actually I'm not that into this myth. After reading up on it, I'm kind of like this seems like the the bottom of the barrel myth to get so big and i think the only reason it's as big as it is is because ufo fever was so huge in the 90s and because it has that extraterrestrial tie-in i mean we just we've covered cooler shit than uh than a dog that sucks blood like meh, whatever look did <laughs> so scooby-doo make a movie about the frogman no he should have it would have been better because then they could have got some awesome cajun flair in there like they did on uh scooby-doo on monster island sorry which cajun is flair in Ohio? No, but the Frogman has been seen in Louisiana and stuff too, man. No, the Gillman has been seen in Louisiana, not oh, that's the Frogman. Right, gil, gil the well, they should have done Scooby-Doo meets the Gillman then, because honestly, Scooby-Doo on Monster Island, uh, or Zombie Island, on Zombie Island, amazing movie, and they should just do uh, they should do more like that, you know? Now I want Cajun Tots for McMinimins, and they're uh, close. Yeah, they're close too. No more Cajun Tots. Not for another, uh, you know, six months. To three years, however no, long just, this takes. We, we just got to make it to summer until people think the virus has gone away because it's hot out and dry out, and then fall it hits harder. That's yeah. it. No biggie. No biggie. No. Yeah. I, uh, I do think flattening the curve is good. My my wife is a nurse, and she has to go to the hospital and deal with patients, so I get it. Yeah, uh, I guess a sign note to all of our listeners, you know, hey, we're going we're gonna to try and put out episodes uh, more consistently now that everybody's stuck at home. Uh, and, you know, now that I've finished editing my second book. But, yeah, stay safe out there. Social distance yourself. Now, there is there is one thing we haven't mentioned um, that I, I do think we have to mention is um, you may have noticed there is a certain reference we have not made this episode. And that is because the next episode That's will be right. centered wholly around it. Go ahead and yeah. tweet at us. Tell us what you think it is. And uh, yeah, looking forward to see your guesses. It's a mystery. And then one more note before we go. If you are in isolation and you're looking for something to read and you like cryptids, 
Uh, all three of my books, I'm selling signed copies right now. 100% of the proceeds are going to local food banks. So if you want to pick up a signed copy, now's the time. I'll cover shipping myself. So it's it's $20 for each of the full-length books. And then for the latest one in Man of the Mountain, it's only 15 uh, and again, 100% of those profits are going to charity. So now's a pretty good time to do it. Uh, so you can feel good about yourself and have something to entertain yourself while you're stuck at home. And that's it for us. We'll see you in about two weeks. <laughs>